Thank you for joining us for this chapel message from the campus of Columbia International University in Columbia, South Carolina. Our mission at CIU is to educate people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. Well, we are going to change gears uh, yet again, and our panel is waiting. And so, uh, Donna, I should have just had you stay in place because Donna Thompson is on our uh, panel this morning along with and joined with Dr. Rogers, Dr. Raven, and Dr. Kraft. So if our panel would come forward and uh, they can take their places. Yeah, you can applaud. The experience uh, and the individuality and all of the things that are represented uh, in these four uh, are, are uh, to your benefit today, and we are going to jump right into questions with our brief time that we have over the next uh, half an hour. And so thank you all for being here today and being a part of Evangelical Unity Week and our panel discussion. And we'll just jump right into the first question, and uh, you all just uh, feel free to just clear your minds right now, uh, probably shut your phones down unless you're taking some notes, and uh, listen up because we're going to learn a lot in the next few minutes. And this will be just open, so feel free that uh, as, as one person uh, feels maybe best uh, uh, appraised uh, of those things, you, you can share as you wish. Uh, what does evangelical unity really mean, especially in today's world? And I'll throw that open. Whoever would like can take that first. I guess it's my turn. Um, let, let, me, let me first of all start by saying what evangelical unity means to CIU. Um, evangelical unity here at CIU means that in our community of fellowship, of evangelical fellowship, we mean to include as many believers as possible and to exclude as few as possible based on the gospel, the good news. Of Jesus Christ. So I believe in a larger context, evangelical unity tries to include as many that, that holds to God's word, to Jesus Christ being the Son of God, um, putting God first, Holy Spirit. So if you believe in the, in the Godhead, the Trinity, um, if you believe in God's word, we want to fellowship with you. Now, when it comes to other matters that are what we call second tier or third tier, um, we may be able to negotiate on those, but we don't negotiate as far as the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and God's word as it relates to the gospel as far as evangelical unity. Very good. I agree with that. I think that it is keeping the word of God and the person of Jesus Christ central, and that is our call and our call in Psalm 133 is, is good and it's pleasant for our brothers to dwell together in unity. So to be unified around what we call in our core values and our statement of faith, the essentials of the faith. And uh, Dr. Rogers did a great job speaking to that. But I think that we need to find the things we can be unified about and do that, never compromising the word of God or the person of Christ the Trinity, the birth, death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, those, the gospel, we cannot compromise that, but we can be unified 
over non-essentials, like the way things are done in a body polity, those kinds of things that we might have a preference of. That's why we have different churches, but being unified in what really matters in the centrality of the word in Jesus Christ. I think also in preparing for Monday's chapel, and I was you know, doing studies and searching in terms of evangelical unity, starting with our statement as a core value, it just keeps coming back to the word of God. Mm-hmm. Like we cannot get away from the authority of scripture as it relates to what, what God teaches us as those foundational points uh, in relation to evangelical unity. The, the scripture that comes to my mind uh, in relation to this is 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17, which I know we're familiar with. It says, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how your childhood and how you are acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. For us moving forward, as, as we look at what that is for us today as the church, it comes back to that foundation of Scripture and our understanding and to, to who we are and where that came from. And just one more uh, additional Scripture, Romans fourteen nineteen. Let us therefore make every effort mm-hmm. to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. Right. And when we're living out evangelical unity, that's what we're doing. Uh, we're taking intentional actions towards including all of the body of Christ. Great, great input and answers. And uh, to the point that we have been uh, training uh, students for nearly 100 years as we get ready to celebrate that, and this being one of our core values. And so this week we've given time to it yet again because evangelical unity is very, very important uh, to our, our root. Uh, you have uh, also, leading into the next question, you've already said something about it, but let's specify and maybe contrast a bit to this question. Can unity be truly achieved without Jesus or the consideration of biblical truth? No, I believe it can. Okay. Um, I know you're shaking your head no. I think you can have unity. Now, are we talking about evangelical unity, or we're talking about unity. Yes, you can have unity, but evangelical unity can only happen with the gospel at the core. So I just want to differentiate between the two. Yes, one can be unified, a couple can be unified, um, a group can be unified, inclusive or inclusion there, but you cannot achieve evangelical unity without the gospel, without the word of God, I, I love how you all said it. Um, without the inerrancy, the infallible word of God, the authority of Scripture being at the core. Other responses? Yeah, I think he calls us to be eager to in uh, Ephesians 4 when he talks about walking worthy in a manner that's worthy of the gospel. He calls us to be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. When I was shaking my head, it's about evangelical unity. Yes, uh, we, can have, we can be unified and include others in discussions and on other topics, but evangelical unity has to be centered on the and, spirit of the living God. And please forgive me, I didn't necessarily take the word evangelical down to the question yeah. because that wasn't in the question. But um, of course, you look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 to the end of the chapter, the wall is broken down. Mm. I, I, I see that as core in evangelical unity. 
but I don't necessarily see that as core in worldly unity, secular unity. Yes, you can achieve that. I think it's a fallacy for us to think we got a, a hold on unity itself, but evangelical unity is something that's precious to us. I'm sorry yes. to cut you off. No. Um, so um, when we think about evangel evangelical unity, we cannot do it without um, God, without scripture, simply because it's too hard. Mm. Right? Um, God has made so many differences. He created the differences. But in order for us to come together in a way that, that we would facilitate peace, we would facilitate edification of each other, we have to have God and we have to have the biblical principles. I would end in this that I remember in, when I was going to college in my undergrad and I was included in Campus Crusade for Christ mm -hmm. and uh, was excited in the ministry that was doing there and was uh, working and, and being counseled by a, a great gentleman. And I remember in this in terms of in relation to evangelical unity but also into every struggle of life, the, the lesson that was taught to me is that we have to remain focused on what is most important. And we, can't, we have to almost put up those blinders when Satan tempts us to the left and to the right to, to be willing to accept those things that are of lesser value to us than what Scripture teaches us. And it was such a simple principle, but it was continuously reminded to me in that senior year of college that, like, don't lose sight of what your focus is. Don't lose sight of what God has designed you to be and to do. And that when those temptations come, because they will come, we will be tempted to be unified things that are lesser than the gospel. To not look to the left, to not look to the right, but to remain focused on the gospel. Excellent. And I think that contrast, because we hear, uh, you guys would openly admit, and as I get to talk to you as well as others, we hear a lot about unity. Uh, Dr. Rogers, as you said, we, we hear the, the, the key words, and uh, sometimes we, we kind of group it all together and we try to mix and match, but as believers, and especially here at CIU, as a foundation uh, of one of our uh, building blocks and a core value, we, we believe that evangelical unity is current, up-to-date, and not to be left behind, and so that's why it's still uh, embedded in stone around campus and, uh, and really important here. Any, any further thoughts or conclusions on that question? I think um, as we think about fellowshipping with someone, and let me use, if we think about doing business with someone or getting married to someone or doing life with someone, um, however you decide to see it, I think the principle of evangelical unity has to be visited. Because if you're out of fellowship, how can two walk together unless they agree? And that's why evangelical unity is so important to me. Great point. And uh, we'll move right ahead. How can this generation, these students right here and, and their friends, how can this generation best uh, or better approach division as individuals and in the groups where they meet in worship outside of these walls? I think uh, one of the things, when, when I was growing up, we always talked about the melting pot. And we, and we looked at the idea that we were to forget about the background, forget about the cultures. I remember even when I was younger, the, the idea of being colorblind. Uh, colorblind, culturally blind, you only see 
those essential things. And we have to focus on those essential things, but God created the differences for a reason. And so I would say the way to, to, um, to maneuver and to walk through it is not to look at it as, as a melting pot that everybody will come together and act the same, talk the same, do the same. That's not unity but that you would look at it as a colorful mosaic that God has created. And so you're all headed toward the same direction. You're all focused on sharing the gospel and being um, um, improved and growing spiritual formation, but there's still the different colors and enjoy the beauty of them. So don't look at them as a difference, therefore we gotta get over the difference, but to embrace that difference and then to just keep going with that. I didn't ask his permission, so I won't use his name, but as a student, an astute junior international student here said last night in a mixed setting, it's unity and diversity. And so the Lord God created each human being in his image. Our heart is to minister the gospel of grace in a way that would draw those people unto Christ. So my heart for this generation is that you continue to keep Christ central in your life, the Word of God central, and that you pull together with unity and diversity, realizing that it's God's plan for us to love one another, encourage one another, build one another up. There's just, the Bible is replete with the bond of peace coming from love that is poured out. And so as you are living and moving, when you leave CIU and you're in the workforce, treasuring people as individuals of worth before the Lord Jesus Christ and be used to help them see the image of Christ in themselves and respond to his pursuing love. So keep doing that wherever you are and keep doing that on this campus and keep reaching out and ministering the gospel of grace. Excellent. Can I just, and if we're talking in sense of church division, let's take that for a moment. Can we, can we state a very simple but profound thing that we would encourage you in? And I know that we would, and this university has, I think, taken a, a greater stance of that this year. Be a part of the body of Christ through a local church. It is not enough just to come and to say that my Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is my service. And yes, we gather in service multiple times a week than the every passerby person would go to church maybe once a week. I say that, though, because sometimes we don't join a church because of division. As a PK, as someone that, who grew up within the Methodist church, I remember in terms, and it's kind of one of the questions of the, the real-life experience, I remember going to a Methodist conference when I was eight years old. My father had just finished his kind of master's in the work. And I remember within that year of the Methodist Church, we had our first um, openly homosexual female bishop was ordained, which caused great division within the Methodist denomination. And it's so easy for us within any context of church just to say, I don't want to be a part of that because there's such division where if we reflect from one of the words Scripture read to us of Monday of Romans 15, we are obligated to lift up and to encourage our brothers and sisters. So my encouragement in the way and first how we approach division is to, is to make ourselves part of not the division, but seeking the solution through the gospel to help our brothers and sisters. 
And to be mindful of that when we say, I'm I'm not going to be a part of that church because of division, where God may have placed you in that church because of the division, that you could be used as that obligated brother and sister to come alongside for the ministry of the gospel through that church that desperately needs you and through the gospel. Great point. Matt, I honestly think the enemy is most contented when he discourages and divides. And the scripture tells us that we're to live in unity. One of the reasons is for that testimony. Um, I had an experience last week. I have a friend who does this regularly, not me, but she asked me to go with her to a, a new refugee family who's only been in our country for um, four months, four weeks. And they had needs, and so there's a committee in a church that goes and meets those needs, and she had asked, oh, they, they need this, this, and this, and so we went and visited in the home to see what they still needed. There are 10 people on the committee, and she gave a list, and I said, I can text my ladies' Bible study group at church, and we can see if these, these needs can be met. So what I want to share with you is in meeting the needs of this family, there are four very different congregations in this city um, Ralph Fetta, who goes to your church, went out. She heard about it and bought fabric because the woman sews beautifully. These people are not Christ followers. They have another worshiping experience. We cannot speak the language, but the love that we showed, being able to play with a three-year-old on the floor, the goal of meeting these physical needs is for that, but what I love is the body of Christ coming together. My husband and I are going, I've, only, I've never been with him and my wonderful two supervisors, both my supervisors, but Rick Swift approved last year me going with him. It's called Together for the Gospel. And people in ministry, 15 to 18,000, it might be more, come together and there's no business, there's no discussion, it's just the word of God preached and the worship and song. And it's a... Uh, an amazing opportunity to come together even in our diversity. We're unified around Christ. So looking for ways to do that, but please, thank you for the local church piece because um, that is probably a struggle. You can always find something wrong with it. Look for what's right and be a part of that solution to pour in grace through Christ. Excellent. Any, any further thoughts? Really great input. And as students, we hear it all the time, the review of chapel, uh, community groups. Uh, how, how does that fit? Well, you're hearing it. And to turn a little more practical, which we've already heard some practical examples, uh, I'm going to combine the last two questions, and you can kind of split and divide as you will. Uh, but uh, how are you teaching and preaching about this subject personally in your influence base and Can you give some real life, as we already have heard some, some more real life examples so that our students know how to plug into evangelical unity, not just here, but as they walk uh, off campus? Um, So in creating assignments and inviting people into the classroom to talk, um, I intentionally um, bring in differences. Uh, so people from different cultures, people from different backgrounds, but all with that same foundation of, of, of um, the gospel so that our students can be able to see that. 
uh, but also in activities that we plan. So for instance, the Puerto Rico trip, we had 25 um, individuals there, um, different races, different cultures, some from this school, some from another school, from different churches, from different um, denominations. And that was intentional um, so that we can experience working together. And so th that, that is how we, um, we do it. We don't just say it, but we have to put it into practice so that we will get used to embracing unity. Excellent. Other input? I think within education, man, just the, um, the importance of speaking on unity because of where we're going, where God has called us to. Um, our mission may be to other countries, to different schools, but we, when you look at the individuality of students that are coming into your classrooms, when you're looking at the individuality of, of parents that are, are in desperate need of the gospel, we see that through their students. We see that when we meet them. Um, and I just think, you know, for us within the College of Education, specifically in, in all of our classes, that idea of diversity and making sure that that is interwoven through our classes. Uh, and it's, it's not a separate chapter or topic in itself, um, just as the gospel is not a separate topic that we can discuss outside of the context of all things. Uh, so I know that for us, we, we desperately try to seek of different creative ways that we can bring that in um, so that it becomes a part of not what we do, but really who we are through the educational practice of what we do. Excellent. Further conclusions? I can hear Dr. McCorkin, our third president here at CIU, say from this platform, when we talk about evangelical unity, there are two extremes that we have to avoid. The first is dogmatism, where we become so dogmatic on our position that we keep the gospel um, in the forefront. And he would also say the second um, um, extreme we have to avoid is compromise. Um, where anything goes. And we have to keep it right in the middle of biblical tension. So we don't go to the extreme of compromise or dogmatism, um, but to keep it right there in the center. Um, keep the main thing the main thing. So as I lead classes, I try to help students to think about the main things. And I'll tell them, hey, we're talking about something that we shouldn't compromise on here, tier one. But here's some things that we can discuss in tier two or tier three that you know we can we can we can agree to disagree. But we have to have this one as central. That's the gospel and the focus of the scriptures, the authority of scriptures, the, the person of Jesus Christ as central to evangelical unity. So let's not go to either extreme. Don't, let's not become dogmatic on our point outside the gospel, and let's not compromise the gospel, but let's keep it right there. And, and I know you've heard this before too, Donna, because you've been here a long time. Let's keep it right there in the center of biblical tension. We hope you found this message a blessing to your life. 
More Columbia International University Chapel messages are available at iTunes and at podcast.ciu.edu. Learn more about CIU's undergraduate, seminary, and graduate programs at our website, ciu.edu. Columbia International University educates people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. Thank you for the opportunity to minister to you today.